What's up, y'all? This is Dominique Bomonte, and this is Season with Salt, Episode 36. And I am proud to have with me today my little brother, Dario Bomonte. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> Dario uh, is um, a scholar in his own right. He is a connoisseur of great books. Um, and in addition to that, um, he's a father, um, a child advocate, um, a person um, who, uh, like myself, loves football. He played football in high school, right? Yes. Clover Park, Tacoma, Washington. High school, yeah. Okay, and then he went on to college. Where did you go to college? Eastern, the Eastern Washington University. And played the football. Mighty Flying Eagles. He came back. <laughs> and um, he, tell, tell me about your career at uh, Eastern. My career at Eastern, so uh, you want the nutshell version or you want like the extended version? The nutshell version. The nutshell version, sure, sure. Uh, nutshell version, walked on. Uh, invited walk on, mm-hmm. um, you know, did the whole special the scout team thing was the guinea pig. Did all that, earned my way on to eventually earning a full ride scholarship, um, and did it that route and became a captain and all that sort of thing. So uh, that's the nutshell version. We did win a national championship, so I can never go without saying that. Yeah, yeah, um, a tremendous uh, college career. Um, as an athlete and scholar, and uh, certainly proud of him, proud that he is my brother. Um, I thought that it would be cool to have him um, uh, talk today because there is a great divide um, in uh, amongst our country when it comes to race and racial reconciliation. And one of the things that's abundantly clear is that sports is at the center of these discussions. So I asked him to join me today. We're going to talk a little bit about sports, and I'm glad you came. So, yeah, we're getting ready to get right into it. Okay. So a lot has happened in the world. Uh, The deaths, the murder of Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, uh, and George Floyd, um, and there have been countless other deaths, and there have been a number um, of things happening in our country. Two black men were found um, hanging in California. I mean, there's just a lot going on. Amidst all that is going on, um, there is an a, a insurgence of white people uh, uh, making it their business to correct and or apologize for things that they have said or that they have done or uh, uh, systemic racism, white supremacy, all the systems that they have promoted, they're now speaking against those. One in particular is uh, Roger Goodell, uh, who is the uh, commissioner of the NFL, the National Football League. And I want to read, uh, Daria, what um, he essentially said. He made a video about a week ago, and he said, we, the National Football League, condemn racism and the systemic oppression of black people. 
we, the National Football League, admit we were wrong for not listening to NFL players earlier and encourage all players to speak out and peacefully protest. We, the National Football League, believe that Black Lives Matter. This has drawn um, some criticism from both ways, right? Mm -hmm. So you've got some Black players saying, oh, you're just saying that, right? Like, you've got some people saying, okay, if you mean that, then put, um, uh, what's his name? Roger Goodell? No, what's the, what's the guy's name that everybody wants to have to see play? Oh, Kaepernick. Kaepernick. They're saying, I know. My my not remembering his name feeds into some of my other thoughts. Um, you got people saying that Kaepernick should be in the game if, if they're saying this. Trump, on the other hand, is like saying all kind of stuff about Roger Goodell. Um, from your perspective, are... Uh, is is professional sports behind in making a stand against racism? Um, how I let me let me let me take a step back on that. Okay. Because how I think about that is I don't think we could just say professional sports as a whole. Mm-hmm. I think we have to say each individual professional sport. Because mm-hmm. I think the NBA did a great job with with how they handled it. Mm-hmm. Not so much the NFL. Right. And and I'm not as in tune with MLB and, and soccer and stuff right. like that. Um, but so I'll stick with to what I know. But mm-hmm. but I don't think the NFL handled it well, mm-hmm. which was in the forefront of all of this. And I think the NBA did a much better job. Yeah. Yeah. And here's why. Their players uh they don't wear helmets and stuff like that, so their faces are a lot more um easily identifiable. Mm-hmm. Um and so, you know, and the their major figures the LeBrons of the world, the Kevin Durant's of the world, the, the whoever the main top guys were, were the guys that were on the front lines. Mm-hmm. They had the shirts, I can't breathe, when when um it was Eric Garner a few years back, and, and, and they choked him out with an illegal chokehold, and they had the I can't breathe. Um, you had the Clippers take the jerseys off when they had their owner doing the thing with uh, the racism and stuff, and mm-hmm. they all took their jerseys off and did that, uh, their little silent protest in that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um. So the NBA always kind of stood behind their players in that regard. The NFL didn't do that. The NFL just let guys or didn't let guys be themselves or speak out for what they believed in, um, which in today's world, now you're seeing um, Roger Goodell, the commissioner, talking about how, you know, he fumbled, he dropped the ball there and and wish he could have done so many different things different. And even as he's speaking about all that, he still doesn't speak of Kaepernick at all. Mm-hmm. He, knows he never said Kaepernick's name. We all know the elephant in the room. He even spoke of Kaepernick. Um, so I think that the, the NFL um, fumbled the ball in that big time because they had guys that were afraid to take a, a, a quiet protest or were afraid to put a fist in the air or were afraid to, mm-hmm. to lock arms or whatever type of silent protest they were trying to do during the anthem for uh, police brutality and injustices against um, people of color, mm-hmm. they were scared to speak out against that because they were fearful of their jobs. Mm-hmm. And that had to come from somewhere. Yeah. It, 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 one of the things that's also happening, so you mentioned professional sports. I mentioned professional sports. and you responded to that, there's also 
the NCAA that that there are players coming out and they're saying this coach said something racist this one time. I think it was some one coach in the SEC, I believe. I have to, I have to look that up. Mm-hmm. Who who um, alleged that he had a team meeting about racism and the and the players were like he did not. Mm-hmm. I got there's just a lot. Then I seen um, and kind of the SEC has kind of been kind of the. The, the 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 face of some of this because they um they they, they kind of have been out front and they're in the deep south but i noticed the other day that uh the the ncaa was saying that they want to take the day off on juneteenth uh, juneteenth but they said that they want to take the day off on election day because they wanted to make sure that all black athletes were registered to vote and participated in voting. So there is this sort of um, attention being given to like inequities in, in professional sports. And you have like um, these people like Roger Goodell who are saying Black Lives Matter and that they were wrong and that people should have always been able to protest freely. But, you know, if the question is, like, are is it athletes' job, like, should they be taking the time to become activists? And how far should that go? Mm-hmm. You know, like, I mean, is it, like, should we expect for everybody else? So last week, I'll give you an example. Laura Ingram, um, she's that chick from Fox News, I I that said, shut up and dribble. Uh, she said, shut up and dribble. Yeah. She told LeBron to shut up and dribble. Um, she was at that time defending um, what's this boy from uh, man, the, the the quarterback from the Saints, Breeze, Breeze, who um, initially said that he did not support anybody disrespecting the flag. he pulled that back so fast. He pulled that back real fast because what he realized is that it was an insensitive time and he represents a team that that is like largely African-American and he he represents a city that is largely African-American. And so he released the statement being like, you know, but it was LeBron James who was like, dude, nah. Unacceptable. <laughs> um, and like there are less players in the NBA and, and, and maybe they have more privilege than NFL players. Um, but I, I guess I wonder like how much of a responsibility do the, the do players have in like speaking up mm. when this stuff happens? Mm. Um, I think they play a huge role. Mm-hmm. Now you got the you got the the commentators of the world that's gonna say shut up and dribble because you know that's what you get millions to do is dribble ball and dunk and, and all right. that. But the platform they are given is so much bigger than just that. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. they're standing in the shadows of guys like Muhammad Ali. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and and, and Kareem Abdul Jabbar and guys that stood for something and, and guys that kind of paved the way on injustices happening and speaking out and being more than just an mm-hmm. athlete, you, using your platform to, to, to elevate um, the cause and, and speak out on things on, on a larger scale. Mm-hmm. I just feel like they have a moral obligation. Mm-hmm. Do they have to? No, you could, you could shut up and play ball. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of people won't fault you for that. Mm-hmm. 
But the top guys, the LeBrons of the world, the the top football players, the 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 um the the, the Mahomes of the world, the, the you know the Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, you know who are, all the top all the top athletes, we're, we're leaning on you now, mm-hmm. you know because when when it was Ali, when Ali was the forefront of sports, he did what he had to do. Mm-hmm. He, he he spoke the truth, um, he laid it out there, and he did it for the people. And in the prime of his career, he made a decision. That before I go and fight for a country that's not even giving me equality, I'll sit in a jail cell before I do that. Mm-hmm. That's about as bold of a proclamation you could ever make. In the prime of his career, he wasn't old or washed up, none of that. In the prime of his career, mm-hmm. that's where he stood on that. Um, so I think all these new guys, LeBron and all, everybody else that falls under that, um, it, are in are in the, the shadow or in, in the footsteps coming up of guys like Ali, guys like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Um, that did this thing and, and did it for real. Um, Jim Brown, all these guys um, that were activists. So just because you're an athlete, just because I was giving God given ability doesn't mean that I don't have an opinion on something. Doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't mean that I'm not still a black man. Um, and that's just kind of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, I think that like, one of the challenges with being a professional athlete is that in a lot of um, areas or sports where white people play very dominant roles, like they get to choose who they want to be and how they want to show up. Mm-hmm. Like they pick their agents. They pick the companies that they represent. They, right. they, they have a very strong voice. The problem with, with, with black people is that we have been told what we can say and what we can't say. Mm -hmm. And because we have been told what we can say and what we can't say, like we are, we've been told, well, you know, if you want to keep this contract, you know, shut up and play. Mm -hmm. Like this idea of like shutting up and, and, and dribbling is not like founded by Laura Ingram. It's the mindset of a lot of different people. It's yeah. been the mindset of the NCAA, right? Because there are players like these these players like yourself, like a lot of D one players, like you 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 work out, you do workouts, you, your entire life is transformed in order to help make money for these institutions, right? Mm-hmm. Now when we're talking about um, pretty much reparations for athletes and then having the ability to make money off their own ability. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people have something to say. They're like, well, why should they have to? Their scholarship is their pay. Well, that would be cool if the head coach like wasn't getting a salary and a bonus. Right, right. right. <laughs> off of their off of their talent and what they do. Right. And so like players really have the opportunity to advocate for themselves. But like I think the thing that's missing and the in the and the thing that we need to be talking about really is how do the the Roger Goodells and the and the Breezes, how do they stand up and start advocating for things that they have seen? Because uh, asking us to continue to fight our own battle is one thing, but like there are people who see the inequities, especially in sports and athletics. They know that there are inequities mm-hmm. that exist and they ignore them, right? And so like what do we need white athletes to do? Mm, that's deep. I was having the same conversation with a couple of colleagues the other day. 
and it, and it was it was literally centered around the same thing. If you'll just bear with me for a moment, we were talking about you know we had a round table at work, and they were talking about like it was a lot of different braces in the room. Um, but for some reason, I felt like the whole talk was centered around me, and they were asking how do you guys feel and all this sort of thing. And um, I got to saying nothing's ever going to change until white people get on board with this thing. Right. Like black people, we've moved the needle as far as we could. Right. Like we've been we've been yelling this for hundreds of years. Like this ain't mm-hmm. this ain't nothing new to us. Like this, we've been telling y'all forever. Mm-hmm. But to move the needle forward, it's going to take some white people, and that's what's starting to happen now. Mm-hmm. Look at J.J. Watt. They were talking about you know J.J. Watt's a real clean cut stand up white guy, but kind of you know blue collar. But he's one of those guys that, in theory, you would look at and go, oh man, like you know he's a He's a hardcore. He, he kind of has this, like, you, you feel like, eh, maybe he voted for Trump. I don't know. You know, I don't know what he does in his personal life. But he has this thing about him where you would kind of think, like, oh, you know, he's standing for the flag and all this. And someone put on his Instagram the other day, uh, they were coming at uh, a different player that was saying they're taking a knee this year. And they put, J.J. Watt would never do that. Mm-hmm. And J.J. Watt went out of his way to respond to that just random person mm-hmm. of all the millions of people and went, A, don't speak for me. And he said, B, um, I will be, because if you think this is still about the, the you know, disrespecting the military, mm-hmm. you've got this thing all wrong. And I couldn't have been happier for J.J. Watt in that moment. And here's why. How big is it for a guy like him that that so many people look at and expect a certain thing from, you know, he comes out every game with the flag and he's waving it all around and he comes out and he symbolizes a certain thing for a certain demographic of people. How big is it for somebody as prominent as him? To come out and stand up and say, this thing is not about the military or any of that. This is a much deeper issue than that. Nobody's trying to disrespect the military. Um, this is about an injustice happening across America. And for and for him to say that moves the needle further. And then you got the next, now, now that opened the door. Mm-hmm. So then the next guy came out. Then Baker Mayfield came out. Mm-hmm. Prominent, number one overall pick quarterback, white guy. Mm-hmm. Came out and said, hey man, pull your head out, you're behind. Um, and he didn't use those words. He used a three-letter word. He said, pull your head out your behind. It's not about the military. It's not about disrespecting the police or anything like that. This is about social injustices happening to black people. Mm-hmm. And um, that's the thing that's going to move this forward because they can reach audiences that me and you can never reach just mm-hmm. off the mere fact that I look like how I look and you look like how you mm-hmm. look. But they reach a whole demographic of people. That's what moves the needle forward. Yeah, I I agree with that. And I think, like, just in general, like, I appreciate the white people that have stepped up to buy the Black Lives Matter t-shirts and to come to the marches and to say, you know, when George Floyd cried mama, all mamas were summoned. And I appreciate the visual attempts to create unity. But I believe wholeheartedly that if there is to be change around racial reconciliation in our country, it's going to start at the kitchen table when white people are looking at white people, when Mm -hmm. they are at their play dates, when they have the opportunity to say to one another, let's challenge this white supremacy that we have been able to uh, benefit from all of our lives and let's talk about like what we can do and the reality is is that like as a black person I'm not looking for a handout I'm not asking white people for help I'm asking people white people to realize their privilege right and 
sports is just this really unique thing because like you know we've we've talked about um the 40 million dollar slave book um that deals with you know like the 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 misogynistic and the um you know emasculation uh, or the overmasculation of black male bodies yep. um, and how you know you 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 heard people talking about uh, you know, just so many, just just how the black body is viewed, and there are so many um, examples of the way that the black body is viewed, um, and uh, especially by white people um, in in systems like sports. And so we really have to revisit our thinking, and it starts early, right? Like it starts with you know, um, challenging, like, our perspective on, like, seeing. Um, I've seen this sign that said that um, um, it, it said, um, it, it was referring to white people, I assume, and it said, they want our rhythm, but they don't want our blues. Mm. They want our rhythm, mm. but they don't want our blues. And they they sing our songs. They they take advantage of our, our music. I mean, there there are all of these ways that the world has embraced the things that are culturally African American, but at the same time, they're silent about the ways that African Americans are treated. And that's the type of those are the types of discussions that we need to be having. Like, how can we challenge the way? And I think this is the perfect time because. Because like we're not, the like, campuses are not meeting. Um, campuses are not going to have class in session in, in the fall like they've had before. Like uh, schedules around football and other sports have had to be revisited mm -hmm. because of the ability to. But I think we have this opportunity to make some statements about like how black the lives of black athletes matter, the the voices of black athletes matter, and that people um, have the right to advocate for themselves. But also the people who um, have been using their power to manipulate these systems need to stand up. They need to be like Roger Goodell, at least in word, and say, we made a uh, decision that was wrong. And the thing, though, that kind of upsets me about this is that it's almost like Roger Goodell had to give these black players permission Um Mm -hmm. And that makes you feel uncomfortable. I was on this. Um, you can kneel now, right? You can kneel on that because I said it's socially um, acceptable. It's now. socially acceptable now because it, because white people said that we can't. Even some white people are okay with it now. Right? You can kneel now. Right. I was on this call. I won't say what what the call was related to, and on the call, um, there was a white person facilitating the call. It was around um, some of the stuff that's happening in our country. And the person said, of uh, this white person with a lot of power, they said that it's time for us as white people to step back and, and, and allow black voices to uh, rise to the surface. And they started talking about, and then, but the thing that like really caught me off guard was, she, I think it was a she, she said, um, we need to lead, we, we need to like 
kind of like manipulate system from the end and let the black voices be heard. And I thought to myself, like, no, I think that we need to be thinking about how we got this far with these systems that are predominantly African-American with no leadership that's African-American on boards of directors in C-suites and executive suites. How do we get that far? And the same is for sports. Like if you, like what is it that we're doing in these systems that, that means that you can play um, college football for four years, you know, um, in NFL for, you know, five to 10 years and then graduate from these systems and not be eligible or not have some type of skill set that would elevate you to being a head coach of a football team. Right. Like, why is it that, like, like how do you, how, and then let's even look beyond that. Like, how, how, what, where are the black general managers? Where are the black owners of teams? Um, who, where, and, and, and we have to be thinking about this diversity because a lot of the times, like we, this revolution had to change the mind of Roger Goodell, right? But I want us to think about what all of this would look like if the spaces where Roger Goodell goes to get advice about the decisions that he makes, if those tables, those boardroom tables, were full of diverse people, um, former players, right. African-American men who and women who... What if those spaces were filled with diverse people who were not just, you know there to be because they have money right because the reality is is that like people with money like are in these that's why i appreciate some of these um um, some of the white people that are removing themselves from these um boards of directors and making space for um black people and people of color because people get on these boards because they are they have money and because they have wealth well you gained that wealth because you had a head start <laughs> right like mm -hmm. and so since you have a head start you have all this influence so you have somebody with a physical ability and then you have somebody with money and the people with money have more influence than the people with 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 physical ability mm -hmm. and then that just system just grows and perpetuates over time brother can i interject you can can you and 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 i need you to say what we were talking about earlier i need you to tell the story or the the excerpt or whatever that your friend said to you and i think that like there's not a more perfect way to put it because sometimes i'll be sitting with my wife you know some of my white you know my friends teammates from college or colleagues at work and, and I'll be trying to explain this thing and I'll never tr just quite have the perfect words to make it make sense in their mind. Mm -hmm. Can you explain when you were talking about earlier when, you're, when your buddy in the house and all that? Oh, I had read this meme of one of my fraternity brothers posted this uh, kind of meme-ish or a quote from somebody where they were saying um, that when they went to buy a house that their lender was like, hey, like, you know, can't get your down payment from a family member because most first time um, home buyers, they get their down payments from family members up to 50000 to to $100,000. And the response to that um, lender was essentially your, your white folks um, got a 400 year advance on um, the ability to provide right. these types of things whereas we haven't got we haven't gotten this and our context is very interesting my brother and i because and i had to, i was telling him about um 
you know, just not only are we African-American, but we grew up in the foster care system. Um, and so, and it's not that we were less loved or anything like that. That's not, this podcast is not about that today. Um, but it's really about the fact that like, when you don't grow up with all of the like basic things that you need, a mom, a dad, a house, mm. a good school district, uh, a grandma, a grandpa, like, like when you don't grow up with a lot of these basic things, like that, that sometimes white people take for granted or people in a privilege take for granted. There's a lot of stuff you don't have in your toolbox that people don't think about, right? And so when I'm talking to people and there's the like, tell one thing about yourself that like nobody will know. And I say, well, I didn't learn how to drive until I was 25 years old. Like people would be like, how could that happen? How could that be? And it's like, that wasn't on my radar. Driving wasn't on my radar because I was focused solely on surviving. Like I, my, my sole purpose in life, like I didn't, there was, there's so many things that I did not have because I didn't know how to access. I didn't know where to start. I had to depend on a lot of people to, to, to get stuff. And it was, there, there were some things that I, that I hadn't even experienced until my late twenties because I just didn't have the privilege of being able to experience them or even know how to go after those things early. Right. And so I have a, 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 a lot, like, like most African Americans, like we've got a, a, a late start and really this conversation has to go back to how we got to this country, like how, how we got to this, like how we got to this space mm -hmm. and ultimately around like reparations and not even like cut us a check, but like make sure. And I was reading this, this thing about Mitch McConnell saying that a part of the ways that like we, 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 that, that we're trying to make up for the past is that we, they, they elected Barack Obama and it's mm -hmm. like, what? Like no, like that we're 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 behind, um, and like we, he voted for him or something, right? Like he <laughs> voted for, him, right? And it's like we, we've gotten to this space, and we're behind because of of the ways that um, we have not gotten the advantage in certain areas, right? And so we're playing catch up, and these physical visual representations don't mean anything. Yes, Barack Obama is black, but what does that have to do with me? Right. <laughs> right? Like, he's also a Democrat. He represents, he represents a party. He represents liberalism, but that's not him, like, catching me out. Right? Like, you know, right. like, that's... I still am responsible for for undoing, like, centuries and centuries and centuries of, like, systemic racism, and I don't expect Barack Obama just because he's black and he was the president to fix that. Which makes a lot of sense. And and it took the most well spoken, articulate, light skinned black guy to uh to to, to, to make it in. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they had him on a very short leash while he was in there. That's that might right. be another day's conversation. They had him on a very short leash because he had him on a very short leash because somebody told him that there were aspects of his identity that he could not be because he was black and they didn't think he should be there in the first place. Mm -hmm. Right. And so like, it's, 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 there, there is just all this stuff that like, and, and they weren't even, they didn't, there was some stuff that they didn't let. You should, if you can like check out the, the special on Michelle Obama um, about how like, 
she was framed and, and looked upon when she decided not to wear a jacket or when she was speaking too much. Like, oh, she's an angry black woman. Like, we all have to climb out of these holes that other people don't have to climb out of, no matter what level it is that we're on. Right, right. Um, another thing... Another thing, another thing, another thing. I, I want to go back to something you were touching on, and I didn't want to cut you off because you was going. But I wanted to touch back on just kind of that that thing in the room that we never really discussed when we're talking. Like, we can't really describe, like, what's that difference? What What is that upper hand you have on me? Or what's different about your life than mine? Mm-hmm. Take, for example, when I came home from college and all of my white brethren mm-hmm. they took off and went to Europe and, and, and traveled with a backpack for two or three months mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they, and I was so confused and, and it looked like they were having a great time and they were posting pictures every day and it was looking good and I'm at home and I'm busting my butt and I'm struggling and I'm living on friends couches and I'm and I'm just trying to make it work mm-hmm. and in my back of my mind the whole time I'm like how in the hell can they afford to do that mm-hmm. and I'm like how can you just stop life for two three months and just go and do right, that. Right. And 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 I had the nerve enough one day to ask one of my friends that I was close enough with, mm-hmm. man, you just took three months off from life mm-hmm. with a smile on your face. How did you do that? Mm-hmm. And he's talking about, you know, different situations that his family had set up for him or when his grandparents passed away and they had money and trust funds that he couldn't mm-hmm. touch till he was 26 or 28 or and all these different things, stocks, bonds, and just different all these different things that were set up for them. All the oh well, I got a ton of graduation money. I got a few thousand dollars. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. You know, we get offering at church. Some old lady at church might put ten dollars in your hand. Right, right. <laughs> that, you know, mm-hmm. but it's just different. Like, yeah. And it's just like, dang, like for real. It, it was just mind blowing to me. <laughs> right, and I think we have to we have to think about that too. Like, you know, like the ten dollars that the old lady at church put in your hand. Like, what does that $10 represent to her? It represents her SSI check. Yeah. It it represents something that she had to save over a long period of time. It was important to her. (coughs) It was something that she valued, you know, because it took her a while. Whereas, like, you have people that are, like, still benefiting from money that was generated because of their access and their use of slaves. Yeah. Right. And like, and I think that that's a crazy way of thinking of it, but like people, like there are people who are going to college on like slave labor now, right. In 2020, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Yeah. Cause it's off of a name and things like that. And it's off of, if we want to start digging into this just a little bit, you know, when you go back to that time, it was all about who owned land. Right. So there was white people that 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 were looked at as less than because they didn't own land. Uh-huh. But they weren't they could they could they could work their way out of slavery. We we didn't have that luxury of oh, oh you just owe this debt and then you're free or whatever. Um and so it, it was all about if you own land or not. And we didn't, where would we get land from? We couldn't we didn't know how to read. We didn't know we didn't know anything. Right. So how would we know how to accumulate some land? Right. And that was the only thing you were judged off of at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's just so there's so many inequities that are still manifesting, and 
it, a part of the, the the manifesting is like very interesting because like it really causes you to look at looting a different way, right? Mm-hmm. I've seen a man like that uh, allegedly was looting and he had like some diapers and baby wipes in his hand and a car seat. Mm-hmm. Essential type things. Essential type things because of the way that the system is set up. And I know that they would have it to look like black people are out looting TVs and stuff. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, is that we're, we're having to catch up. Right. And speaking of catch up, um, did you see the, the, um, eight demands that are out there, um, around, um, the, the, what folks are asking for with regard to reform. I want to read those, um, in our, uh, closing, but, um, the eight demands ban the use of chokeholds and strangleholds. Easy. Two, mandatory de-escalation training. Easy. Easy. <laughs> uh, require police to give verbal warning before use of deadly force. Interesting. Require what does that, that look like? That's like, I'm going to choke you. I'm about to shoot you. Get ready. Right, get ready. Require that all forms of nonviolent and less lethal force are used before having to use a gun. Um, require officers to intervene when use of force is used and require them to report it to a supervisor immediately. So you're manhandling uh, a guy. Mm-hmm. It's my job to be like, hey, stop that. And also, I'm going to tell on you. you. You would think in theory it would already be like that, but it's the right. good old boys club thing. And, and uh, I mean, this this sounds good. Keep going. Number six, ban shooting at moving vehicles, which you would think would be, you know, okay. Number seven, establish a force continuum where the most severe force is restrictive for the most severe cases, have clear policy restrictions on the use of weapons, and then A, require officers to report each time they use force or threaten to use force against a civilian and make that information available to the public. Wait, with the number eight one, what was what was the rule before that? You didn't have to report that? Well, I mean, if you think about it, like, a lot of police departments aren't even required to use body cams. Like we're just getting to that place. And some of these, like, they didn't have their body cams on. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, but see, this is the funny thing about body cams. It's like, these guys know they're being videotaped when they're doing half this stuff. Right, it's not a secret. They don't care. Like, you know, that's they the know I'm getting off. Right, right. I got the system is behind me. Right, and so some of these demands are very interesting because they're asking people to... They're asking people to do things that are, I mean, if they could, well, they're just some really interesting demands just based on the people that are being asked to do them, right? Mm -hmm. So at this point, like, we're talking about what we want, like, and let's start with Breonna Taylor. Like, where do we, what do we want with Breonna Taylor? Convictions. Convictions, for sure. Some guys got to go to jail. So man's got to go to jail. They got to lose their job. They yeah, can't be on administrative leave. Can't be paid administrative paid leave. Paid vacay. No, you got to lose your job. You got to go to jail. That woman was in her bed sleep. 
Her right. husband opened fire on some guys that came in with a warrant, right. dressed in regular clothing, didn't announce themselves or nothing. You just come into their house. He's letting off. Right. Like most of us would. Right. right. And that's his right. He, he, it, was a, it wasn't an illegal firearm or anything like that. He, right. Everything was within the rights. So we need the NRA. We need everybody standing up for this. Not going right. to happen. But, but you know what I mean? Like, they did nothing against the law. Like, and she's right. in her bed asleep, and now she's dead. Right. The people that they're looking for had already been captured by policemen already earlier in the day. Um, the, even the reason why they were even using that, the the reason they were going to Breonna Taylor's house is because they said that her car has shown up at somebody else's house where the, that that may have been doing drugs or and or that she may have received a package. I don't know, just something that doesn't, that wouldn't equate to even touching somebody. No. Right? Like, I mean, let alone, like, entering into their home at one in the morning. Like... You know, like I mean, the, 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 it's it's just crazy to me. Plain clothes, not identifying yourself, right? Um, and so, and shooting the woman, twenty two shots, eight of them, which like found Rihanna Taylor, and there is no justice. It's crazy, still. Right, and we see laws changing. We see people like. You know, moving in the name of uh, of George uh, Floyd. Floyd, but we really need to see justice in these other areas. If if one thing that people can do, take the time to watch the hearings associated with the murder of Ahmaud Arbery. They are shocking, right? Like to hear these police departments like giving their take on how this stuff happened. There is no like he did this, and then one of the the, the there was a one question about like, well, why did he just run away? Well, after he was shot, he chose to fight. Like, but there mm-hmm. there are a lot of it's kind of like the whole George Zimmerman thing. Well, he should have just went home. Well, you know, that, that, that again is an example That's of... a white privilege thing. It's a white privilege thing. It's where people have higher expectations for black people than they have for themselves, right? So they know what... And, and look at George Zimmerman. He's signing Skittles in right. 2020, right? Like, and, and we're talking about what Trayvon Martin should have done. By the way, his uh, mother is running for a public office, so um, Down there look, Florida, yeah. look her up and support her if you can. Um, but, like, so we need justice. We need justice for these people, but we also need, like, change in our government and in our systems. We need to vote uh, uh, Donald Trump out of office, and everybody who supports him needs to be out of office because it is no longer acceptable to walk in this spirit of racism and white supremacy with no accountability. And you cannot say Black Lives Matter and be talking about the, 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 the clear and just intentional disregard for black life and the life of people of color that comes from the White House in general. Like this man was going to um, go to the place where Black Wall Street was burned down and have a campaign speech. Somebody had to tell him, 
Uh, I don't think you should do that on Juneteenth. Just not good timing. Like, maybe, like, and I don't even know. I think he knew what he was doing. Right. And somebody was like, dude, like, and so other people have forgiven him for that. We have not. We have not. So, I mean, there's a lot, there's going to be a lot of talk about where do we go from here? Our stance is where do y'all go from here? Because we just going to keep doing what we've been doing. Like, we're going to say more, but we ain't going to say nothing different from what we've been saying. Right. Right, like because you know, it's if we have to use whatever privilege we have to advocate for ourselves and others, but we have to be cognizant of the fact that there are people with more privilege that need to be saying more. Yeah, yeah, it it brings it back to what I was saying in the beginning. Um, black people have moved the needle, I I think, about as far as they could. We've been yelling it from the rooftop. This Mm -hmm. isn't new to us. Right. Like Will Smith was saying, racism isn't new, it's just being filmed. Right. Um, all this stuff isn't new, it's just being filmed now. And, and, and black people all got this look on their face like, I told you so. And it's like white people are, are just getting on board with that. Um, all these companies are just, you know, making all these new rules and laws and stuff that govern two black people, but not like some in some special way, just to give them their, their equal and just do. And it's like, you would think black people just now popped up on the scene or something. Right, right. <laughs> like, we've been around forever. Right. Like, it's funny. But I do believe that um, justice is, is on the horizon. And I pray for that every day. And I believe that it's on the horizon because I believe in God and I believe he's a God of justice. Um, and I'm just hoping that people will do the right thing in whatever opportunity or room for which they have influence. Um, do you have any closing remarks, brother? Um, closing remarks for me, first of all, I'm, I'm ever so grateful um, and thankful that you had me on. Your That's podcast true. today. Um, That's true. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a listener every time you come out with a new one. Um, so, uh, so I'm, I'm going to be tuning in just to see what my own voice even sounds like. <laughs> you know, sometimes we always sound a little different than, we, than what we think we sound like. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm really grateful that you had me on here today. Um, super um, needed conversation, very timely conversation, and I'm glad I was able to be a part of it. Cool times. Thank you so much, and uh, let's do it again. Uh, again, we want to thank you for joining Season with Salt, Episode 36, uh, and I uh, want to encourage you to share this. Um, if you want to check out some of my other uh, podcasts, you can go to my website. It's my full name, DominiqueBomonte.com. This podcast is available on pretty much every uh, podcast platform that you might enjoy. Um, uh, Apple Podcasts, um, uh, Stitcher, Anchor, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts. So please, please, please uh, check it out. And uh, I bid you um, a wonderful day. God bless.